transmission begins. Earthlings, I am Grand Admiral Waikai Padea of the Podcastian Empire. My fleet is now stationed in orbit around your feeble planet. We are here to make you listen to the last Tuesday project, available around your pathetic globe on all podcasting apps. We require you to all listen to Alex, Haley, and Sean swear, make fun of each other, and generally be unprofessional while learning and talking about serious subjects like the weekend effect, climate change, and the dark ages. Do not resist. Return to your homes. Turn on your phones, tablets, or computers, and prepare to be educated. <laughs> Lieutenant, how do you turn this thing off? Transmission ends. What the hell was that? I have no idea. Everyone, welcome our new Waikai Pedino overlords. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we can apologise for that uh, interruption to uh, the introduction to our podcast. Our podcast, yes, to to all news, the latest edition of all news. Hello. Hello. It's good to be back, as always. Yes. So, uh, this Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yes. We have been off air for a couple of weeks, largely because we were a bit tired, I think. But uh, I hope you haven't missed us too much. Old news, back in the news. Got a little bit of good feedback about that. People seem to enjoy it. I know we need, maybe we need to have a discussion about should we do another one of those in the future or maybe we could make old news, back in the news a regular feature that reappears every so often. Every six months or something. Yeah, perhaps. A sort mm. of look back, see what's going on. Mm. One of our listeners accosted me and said, it's a pop guard. No, we were talking about having the the woolen sock over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual name for it is a, pop, a pop guard. guard. I looked them up. All right, just a few days ago, actually. Uh, do they sell them for these microphones? You can get ones that um, have clips that work. They're not specifically for these microphones. But they but would fit. What the one? Yeah, there's ones that would fit. All right, so about invest rather than ruining the elastic on the ankles of your uh, socks. I, I think these socks have already had it. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had them for David's loose elastic more than ten years. All right, okay. Yeah. We've had good value. Had yeah. Presumably, Mark Spencer's socks. No, no, no. These actually, I got these free. Oh, really? So they were very good value. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm currently having an underwear crisis because uh, I used to always well, a sock and underwear crisis because so I've got bought a whole load of new socks so I'm kind of snowed under with socks at the minute and I haven't gotten around to throwing out any of the old ones yet but I also used to get underwear from BHS oh no that is now no more has gone to the wall and now so the last time you got underpants was, was when BHS, BHS was still <laughs> did you go during the like the closing down sale did you not stock up on pants I didn't know that was very yeah no foresight You should have made use of the fact all those poor people were going to lose their jobs. Like I did. I've got a squirty mop. (laughs) (laughs) What's a squirty mop? So, you know, um, you know the kind of mop you have where it does that to... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm miming on the radio again. A, squeege, a squeegee ball. Well, yeah, you know you get those. They fold over with the the mechanism yeah. to squeeze out. Okay, well, this yeah, does that. Ball. Right. It also has a bottle of cleaning fluid on it, where if you pull the trigger, it squirts the cleaning fluid in front of where you're mopping, so you don't have to keep dipping at places. You can just squirt and mop. But what's your problem with this? This is a great idea. This is. This is after the one-touch can uh, opener. This is the dream. 
No, you see, I disagree with this, right? Because there are three things that are the dream. One is the zippy backpack, where Zippy's mouth is the opening for the backpack. Yeah, okay, granted. <laughs> I'll agree with that, yes. Yeah. There's, there's the one-touch our can opener. Our international audience will have no idea who Zippy was, but go on. Yeah. The one-touch can opener, so you can save those multiple seconds yes. opening a can. Well, there's plenty of people who get repetitive strain injury from opening yeah. cans around the house. And yeah. as for some reason I insist on opening cans left-handed when I'm right-handed, it's great. Why? I, I just can't do it right-handed, but I can't do it left-handed either. So. It, just pap-handed. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, okay. And, and a squirty mop. Squirty, no, you see, squirty mop, right, squirty mop is ideal on the first pass because, yeah, you can put your detergent down with the squirty, squirty thing and scrub the deck with it. Yeah, great. Floor, sorry, to anybody else. But then you're going to have to dunk the thing in the bucket anyway to do to clean up the detergent when you're doing the rinse, you know, when you're actually no, it's, taking it's, the detergent off the floor. It's not, and it, it's not concentrated the detergent. squirty mechanism that you're carrying it's, back and forth. It's, not it's doing one part anymore. detergent, five parts water. So it's... You squirty, squirty, brush, you mop, 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 and it's done. Uh, I don't buy this at all. You're carrying dead weight for most of the time. It's only useful in the very first instance. Anyway, right? <laughs> we'll have to have a we'll have to have a competition, <laughs> a mopping competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Well, lest anybody be confused, we are not joined by Haley from the last Tuesday project of the room. But, but it certainly sounds like it. I'd be happy with it. <laughs> uh, David's new toy. What's it's it the Halenator. The Halenator. <laughs> and we have beer with determinate strength. I've got the triple Belgian beer, which I think is one of my favourites, actually. It's yeah. very nice. I've got wheat beer. I think that's the first time I've had wheat beer on the show. And we were just saying that this was, this was all home, home brew for probably how many years? At Two? least three years. Three years ago, and it's still good. Two things I have to mention. Firstly, there's an acquaintance of mine called Dave. He is actually a proper radio DJ on a proper radio station. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hate that so much. <laughs> uh, and I will... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've been mocked by somebody who isn't here. I would mention him by like full name, lest he be embarrassed being sort of associated with his podcast. But he was saying he really hates people beginning sentences with the word so. So do I, but I do it. And this has become a bit of a thing in the press just recently, mm-hmm. hasn't it? About mm-hmm. people saying it's a bit of a millennial trend or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time, and I especially do it recording the podcast. Yeah. So I have written the word "so" in capital letters, underlined on every page of my notes for this podcast, just to remind me: don't blink and well say it. So, mm. so you'll have to cut it out me, if you do like it. the way I just did. Yeah. Oh, okay. You'll have to, yeah, you'll have to, or play Haley on top of me or something. <laughs> this one, dickhead. No, oh, how rude! <laughs> how rude! Second thing, uh, so tonight's topic comes courtesy of a new listener who got in touch. James, listen to the last episode, but that was very, oh, okay. very good. Right. And uh, and I asked this for a topic you'd like, and he said tonight's topic would be the Millennium Bug. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And I should say, this is a change from our, well, and he sort of advertised 
episode because a few people did ask me what our next episode was going to be and I told them the wrong answer because we were intending to do something else. I think we will do that next time. Yeah, I think so. I I just decided that with this being our first one back after a long break, we should do one we were more comfortable with talking about than the one we were going to do, which is going to stretch us somewhat. Shall, shall we trail it? Or? Yeah, we could. Yeah, we'll commit ourselves now. So we're going to be talking about uh, Ben Johnson and the 1988 Olympics, if everybody remembers what that was all about. It's, uh, neither of us being of a, a sport bent, we'll have to think more carefully about that. Yeah, ne- neither of us know much about sports ball. Sports ball. Old news. Remember, listeners, we'd very much like everybody to share and subscribe. So we're available on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Player FM, and all your favourite podcast apps. And also on Intune Radio, and even through Amazon's Alexa. So like, rate, and subscribe, and reviews on iTunes, please. Thank you very much. The topic at hand. So we'll talk about the Millennium Bug, and this is quite an interesting old news story, and like emphasis on the news bit, because this is something that's really quite dominated headlines for a good number of years, and like increasingly so as we got closer and closer to the dawn of the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the Millennium. Oh, because the Millennium was the year later. Yeah. Uh... Do you subscribe to that? No. No, I don't either. We're doing the rubbish. I always hate people I... who got on their high horse about that. Yeah. Like, there's a two in front. That's quite the novelty. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not going to force me to wait another year. Another year. Like before I can acknowledge, there's a two in front. Wow, look at that. Well, the other thing which I've got, like, the first line in my notes is there's this sort of cultural reference this has sort of become current about let's party like it's 1999. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Presumably because there, there was a pop song, wasn't there, with mm-hmm. that sort of lyric going on. Yeah. Recently, uh, who who did that? No, it wasn't recent. It was Prince. Was it Prince? Was it at the yeah. time? I suppose it's quite well before. I'd have to look up when, but may have been like nineteen eighty nine or something like right. that. Right, but um, for some reason that's become a, like a phrase. It's in the zeitgeist at the yeah. minute. Well, because because he died, didn't he? Right, and a lot of his music's made a little bit of a comeback. Uh, right, I see. See, what I think is quite funny is like the let's party like it's nineteen ninety nine. Kind of was this whole big build up to the big party, mm-hmm. and I will guarantee if you ask the majority of people, did you have the biggest party ever in the history of man on thirty first of December nineteen ninety nine for the millennium? Everybody will go, well, it was okay, but it wasn't. Yeah. There was nice fireworks. Yeah, it wasn't as great as we thought. You know, yeah. it certainly wasn't for me. Yeah, and we'll get to that sort mm. of quite briefly. Should we talk a little bit about what the Millennium Bug was and what yeah. we understand by it? There's this idea that in an awful lot of computer systems and computers embedded into devices and things that the year was represented by two digits, so eight zero for eighty, rather than a four digit number being like for nineteen eighty, one nine eight zero. And this is idea that once we got to nineteen ninety nine and rolled over back to zero zero, computers would lose their minds. And there, there was all kinds of like ridiculous things happened. Like some computers displaced it as nineteen one hundred. Other computers were sent back a hundred years in time and thought it was 
1900. 1st of January, 1900 again. Yeah. There's that ridiculous Windows one. Where it put a... Was this a semicolon or a colon? It, full, it put a full colon in it. And apparently that was because the full colon was like the next character in the ASCII character set. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, nobody was thinking about this, you know. I think I mean this badly exposes the nature of the computer industry. Really, yeah. that there's a tiny number of people doing very innovative things, and the rest of the industry is just patched up, mended. Just as long as it works, if it's hacked together, who he, cares? He's a thing we did twenty years ago. Just patch it up so it works again. Yeah. yeah. And the people who make investment decisions about new computers, well, it works. Yeah. Why? Why do we need a new one? So we'll probably get to that as well. You've got this problem of the date displaying wrong. Actually, one of the key problems is making sure that things with date codes were ordered sequentially. Because if you had things which were 1998, so there'd be 98, 99. If you then followed on 00, when you ordered them sequentially, those 00 ones would go to the top. Yeah rather than be at the bottom or you know, however you were listing your data, which just has a whole load of implications for things like billing and mm. you know, logistics and all, all kinds of things. No, like anything, that's just a really key sort of data thing. But the other thing I didn't realise, there was this second aspect of the Millennium Book about loads of computers didn't know that 2000 was a leap year. Yeah, because some programmers didn't understand the rules of the Gregorian calendar. calendar yeah. Damn it, why don't you understand the Gregorian calendar? <laughs> We've only been running it for like the last, <laughs> I don't know, is it, is it 500 years? A bit less since we introduced... When did we have all the rights? When, Was it know, the we, 1700s? 1700s. We've had 300 years to get used to that. Yeah. But I suppose we don't really apply those rules very often because I, I was looking at the rules for leap years. Do you know what the rule is? Well, I do now. I didn't before. Yeah. So the first part is if it's divisible by four, it's a leap year. If it's evenly divisible by four. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's mm -hmm. that's a subtlety, isn't it? Okay. And that's where a lot of the programmers left it, and that's yeah. where they went wrong. And then the other thing is, unless it's also no, if it's a multiple of a hundred. It's not a leap year. Yeah, but if it's a, a multiple of 400, it is. It is a leap year. Yeah. There you are. So 2000 was, but a lot of the programmers didn't realise that. What What was your experience of, of like the prep for this, and what, what happened to you? So I was working for uh, Northern Electric at the time, which was the electricity supply company for the northeast of England. I do know that they had to put a lot of work into making sure they're particularly billing system was y2k compliant mm -hmm. because it was ancient it was being ran on a really old uh, mainframe in newcastle it was it had all the things that you know we'll, yeah. we'll try and save memory by re getting rid of two bits that we don't need so they spent a lot of money sorting that out and just in case things went wrong i wasn't allowed to drink until quarter past 12 on the 1st of January. Right. Were you at home or were you actually at work? I was at a party. So I was at a New Year's Eve party. Right. But, but I had to have my... Mobile phone I had just and... recently gotten a mobile phone. I right. had to have it turned on. Um, and I was sort of half expecting that call to say rush yeah. into work. I did cheat a little bit. I, ha I did have one drink very early in the evening. Right. And I did have some champagne at 12 o'clock. But technically I wasn't allowed to drink until right. after quarter past. 
the perfect crime. Yeah. <laughs> but the bizarre thing is, like, if if the telecommunications network had come crashing down, them having your mobile have, phone number yeah. certainly wasn't useful. Yeah. In fact, the mobile phone networks that was kind of one of their really big stress tests, wasn't it? The New Year's where everybody just sent texts saying Happy New Year. Yeah. So I remember can, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but I remember the years yeah. when you'd send a message and it would just fail and fail and fail yeah. and fail. I can remember even just trying to put a call through and mm-hmm. there just wasn't capacity on the network. There's so many people texting, calling. Yeah. yeah. Old news. I've got a little bit here about some of the context about people who noticed that the Millennium Bug was going to be a problem. I've noticed a lot, a lot of reference to somebody writing an article in like 1997 or so. It seems very late in the day. But there was a book published in 1984. Yeah, I, I saw yeah, that. Which was uh, Jerome and Marilyn Maris, Computers in Crisis. And that was in 1984. And it was reissued in 1996 under a different title. Right, because uh, obviously it had become current again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, somebody's going. This is this is like disaster pending. Nothing happens. Yeah. He was he was rather doom laden. Mm. I think that that book. Well, yeah, that the, book was rather doom laden. I should yeah, say. Yeah, well, I suppose they were probably projecting to the future that you know everything in the universe would be computer controlled by the magical year two thousand. You know, because mm-hmm. the, there was that kind of futuristic thing wasn't it you know yeah. they just stick the number 2000 on the end of something and it's yeah. like wow it's futuristic air 2000 <gasps> yeah yeah can oh, you yeah. remember air 2000, air t- air 2000 with the weird old-fashioned orange and brown logo yeah the big sort of orange and, like banana stripe down the side yeah. of their, their aircraft yeah, i always strange. thought that was incongruent yeah. <laughs> yeah, bizarre. Yeah, sort of 1970s style, Air 2000. Yeah. 1985, uh, first comment on a thing called Usenet, which is kind of one of the precursors to the internet, isn't yeah. it? Really, Usenet. Uh, the early internet. The early internet, yeah. A, a guy called Spencer Beals made comments in, in January 1985. But the earliest reference, apparently, was 1958. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a chap called Bob Burner who made it his mission to go around, <laughs> like, saying to the US government, IBM, International Standards Organization, and all this, like, this is a problem. We should be solving this in the standards now. Yeah. And then we just went, nah, it'll yeah, be fine. 2000. It'll be all right on the night. We'll, we'll have jetpacks by then. And flying cars. Yeah. yeah. It's not good if you're flying cars well, going to fall out the sky because of the year 2000 problems. <laughs> They'll have been thinking, well, why would everyone have a computer? There'll only be like four computers in the whole world. Why, right, why, right, why is yeah. it a problem? Yeah, the head of IPM, didn't he? So in the fifties, so said he, he imagined like a, a total global market for ten computers, something like that. Yeah, there's a very good photograph. Just just to go on a tangent here, there's a very good fo- photograph online if you can find it, and it's it's in the UK somewhere. One of the early companies to adopt computing to run their business was Lions T. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. and they they very famously had Leo, which is the Lions Electronic Office. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's like a, a photograph. There's a guy holding two things in his hands. One is a photograph of a, a memory module for the computer going into this warehouse building where it was installed. And there's like it weighs five tons, and there's a big crane lifting it into this <laughs> building. Yeah, and uh, in his hand, in the photograph, you've got like the warehouse as it is today now. And in his hand, he also has the uh, the, the equivalent memory. Yeah. Uh, or like maybe a thousand times the equivalent memory in an SD card. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
tiny, tiny thing, you know. So you could drop it, it would just go down the gutter, you know, if uh, you weren't careful. Old news. Why this was ever really a problem, because I think it's just, like, on that kind of the development of technology thing, because you mentioned about saving storage space, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. by just by literally having two less digits, Yeah, you could just automatically put the one nine in, and the bit that changed the temporary bit, you know, you only had to occupy two digits rather than four. And uh, uh, there was a bit I was reading, apparently that was really key in the very early days with the standard IBM punch cards because mm-hmm. they were 80 columns wide. Right. And so literally saving columns on the punch card to do something else useful too is actually quite a big proportion you know mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's a, an appreciable saving you know so you've got limited kind of storage in terms of computer tape and disk space as well and then also limited memory which is obviously a slightly different thing partly the sort of the initial costs for memory were like ten dollars per bit did you ah, i read it as one dollar per bit and i thought that was ridiculous Right, okay, so... Well, not ridiculous, a little bit, wow. Different places, yeah. Yeah. But a bit being like a single digit. Yeah, Yeah. not a a byte, which is eight. Eight, yeah, a single or letter. I suppose it's not even that, it's a single one or a zero, isn't it? So if if you want to store an eight letter, an eight character sort of word to represent a number, that's going to cost you eight dollars that adds up very quickly yeah to do anything even vaguely useful it wasn't that original leo computer two kilobytes so I mean, you can see why those things ran huge. into the millions of pounds in the 1950s yeah i don't blame anybody for ever having encoded two digits it sort of no. makes sense yeah doesn't it it just should have been realized that things needed to change once it was possible what was that thing you saw about when the uk was kind to sort of get prepped for addressing the y2k thing there's something about the banks who hadn't oh, yeah. invested in their computers yeah. i was reading an article that had a brief interview with i think it was the minister for the y2k thing like the minister for the millennium bug which was low down you know not in the cabinet or anything sort of low down probably and presumably under uh, tessa jowell or someone Department of Business, Innovation and Skills, I would thought, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. And he said one of the things they discovered was that one of the major banks was still actually calculating things in pounds, shilling and pence and then had a patch on their system to convert it into decimal currency. <laughs> he didn't say which bank, but one of the major banks. Decimalised in 1971? Yeah. Planning for decimalisation started in like 1968, didn't it, when they introduced the first coins and things. But it just shows how little investment they'd been putting in, like you were saying before, they had something that worked and they just patched it and patched it and patched it and patched it. (laughs) You can contact Old News on our website www.oldnews.podbean.com You can email us at oldnewspod at gmail.com You can search for Old News Podcast on Facebook You can tweet us at Old News Pod and you can search for us on YouTube So, uh, oh, no I did it again. So, 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 
Yeah, I just looked at the word soon and I read it. That's very silly. One of the other things I find amusing, sort of having known about this since 1958 and having just ignored it, we actually had an earlier bug in 1974, which was something to do with 12-character encoding of dates so presumably that was to do with some sort of like a binary string or a, a hexadecimal perhaps yeah i read this i think on the wikipedia page yeah and the page isn't very well written because it's obviously being written by an expert and hasn't been mm. dumbed down enough right for a wikipedia page yeah. uh, because yeah the description, to be honest, went over my head. Right. But as far as I could tell, it was a similar idea that in very, very old systems prior to 1974, you had 12 slots for a number, and this eventually just filled up and overflowed with a number that was greater than 12 digits could carry. Yeah. Things stopped working. So we'd already come across this before. I suppose... It's it's forgivable in the way that that was to sort of seen as curiosity because in those days there were like many different systems all like there was a lot of variety in computing yeah. wasn't there and I suppose computers were just central to life and industry and mm. you know the operation of society then as it is now there was uh, like a few other things which which were sort of related uh, did you come across the 9th of September nineteen ninety nine. I did. It was like three months before. I haven't written that down. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did read that. Because 9th of September 99 equates to 9999. Yeah. And apparently that was often used as a code for unknown date in the future as a yeah. filler. Uh, and they were worried that once you got to 9999, computers would just go, oh, all these events are happening today. Uh-huh. And it did happen. There was a few systems went down and mm-hmm. uh, or had to be fixed prior to it. <laughs> news. The next bit I've got about the media, because this is all news, right? Do you remember some of the reporting on this? Like, just being shrill. Unbelievably shrill. And that's a word we use often on this podcast, but it was very much the case here, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. There's that sort of adage about quitting, you know, uh, questions to which the answer is no. Right. Like, like headline questions where they go, are planes going to fall out of the sky? No. No. <laughs> Will the Millennium Bug sink ships? No. No. <laughs> Will all the electricity stop and all Western society die on the Millennium? No. No, no it won't. <laughs> Ask me another. I mean, did you watch any of this stuff on YouTube, like the recordings of it? I was watching a little bit of that. The BBC had... Peter Snow, you know, he used to do the swingometer on mm. election night, you know. Yeah. So he was in a in a, a big sort of uh, studio with a lot of experts and, you know, the waiting for reports of, you know, the first airliner to come out of the sky <laughs> and all the rest, right? And obviously the whole thing was a bit of a massive embarrassment and they all sort of sat around in the studio, basically sat on their hands yeah. with nothing to say or do. I know? could have been at a party. Yeah, they're all, they're all thinking I really could have do with a glass of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing what you were doing, but kind of live on national television. Yeah. <laughs> there's a weird thing about it because I, I think there's two aspects of this I think we can take from the news co- coverage is that a lot of the media that isn't specialist technology media are terrible at reporting technology stories. 
Yeah. That is also true for science and social issues and whatever. If you don't have a specialist reporter, they they just take like this very layperson's view, but they write with authority because they have the authority of the BBC or ITN, CNN, ABC, CNBC, whatever behind them. Then again, I think it's easy to bat the media over the head with a stick and go, you are silly non-specialist artists who studied journalism journalism yeah Yeah. what's that one that all the politicians have degrees in ppe politics philosophy economics economics yeah Yeah, that's the one they all have a law yeah Mm. bloody lawyers right but in the same way right they're being fed what the governments were saying right and there was the kind of famous speech by blair to i think it was the cbi or whatever he was saying this is a real threat one of the biggest threats to the economy at the minute and this is needs addressing obviously as a politician he was taking advice from ministers and civil servants and whatever in a way i find it difficult to blame blair or any of the governments at the time for seeming hysterical because it was potentially serious yeah an industry never wants to spend money because yeah that would involve spending money yeah rather than paying ourselves a bonus or whatever you know Mm -hmm. liberal lefty so they needed to kick up the bum you know the governments are quite effective at kicking not only kicking public sector up the bum to solve the problems, because public sector was as disastrous as private sector, but they kicked private sector up the bum and said, you need to get your house in order because we depend on you too much. So you've got this perfect storm of a genuine problem, which I think needs to be solved. You've got to shout it down a megaphone to the people that need to hear it. But the net effect of that is going to be the press are listening. Yeah. And the general public go, oh, my oh, no. goodness. Are we going to get into the um, the conspiracy theorists? Did you read anything about them? I read a little bit, but go on. Just to let people behind the scenes of old news, both me and Russell did some research on this today. Uh, we went to a coffee shop. I had my laptop. Russell had his giant phone. Uh, it's not that giant. We, we both forgot to take our notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Neither of us managed to write anything down. Until just before we did the recording. So I actually don't have any names or dates or times. But but broadly speaking, I think it was interesting that you had this apocalyptic tone was set. You had... And then there was always going to be people who were going to exploit that. Yeah. What I found interesting were how many of them were evangelical Christians. Do you think that's because the sources we would have read will all be English language and it'll be dominated by... Yeah, but they they said it was particularly shrill in America and Australia. Right. So we didn't get a lot of it in Britain. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was some, but we didn't get a lot of it. Yeah, but you can imagine the sort of people whose extremist religious points of view are all centred around apocalypse, the rapture. The year 2000 was going to be the ushering in of... You know the new kingdom of Christ right. and that kind of thing, and the the millennium bug was the way in. And of course, all these people made a huge amount of money by selling books and videos and getting new converts to their cults and yeah. existing members to donate more money. Buy your buckets of everlasting food and yeah, gun gun manufacturers sold a lot more guns. Yeah. So they made a lot of money. When nothing happened, it it was noted that none of them apologised for spouting this stuff. They just made their money and then moved on to the next thing, which was probably 2012. Why are we so obsessed with round numbers? Why are we so obsessed with numbers? One thing, just to... 
total yeah. tangent. Total, yeah. utter tangent. Right, left the traffic what, lights. Here we go. One thing I've noticed about conspiracy theorists, particularly American ones, particularly the religious ones, is they put a lot of stock in numerology. That sort of fake... Oh, yeah. Nice, okay. Where the analyzing pseudo- text... Yeah. And things, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well this is the this is the two hundredth day after the inauguration of Barack Obama. Yeah. Therefore something's gonna happen. Yeah. But interestingly, they always put it to the other side that oh they're doing this because it's the two hundredth day after the no- inauguration of Barack Obama. But they're the ones who've calculated that and worked that out and decided that it must be important. Yeah. Everybody else is just like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, the the you know if there is some evil organization running the world, yeah. there must be sort of sitting back on what is all this? <laughs> it's something I've re- it comes out really strongly yeah. if you care to look into that kind of thing. So much of this is the ability of people to see patterns where they're not there. Yeah. There's, well, there's that, and and that's kind of a, that's a natural instinct in human brains, isn't it? About avoiding being preyed upon by predators. Well, so, so people think that it's that's the explanation we get, that is current. Yeah, I'm not sure if it I hundred percent believe that. It has something to do person. with the fact that we're just we're problem solvers as yeah. as a conscious being. You know, we are problem solvers. You know, just very broadly. That's why we. Ooh, the year two thousand is a, like a round number, and the last time we had a round number, all these other things happened, and oh, so. There was some pattern in this. In text, generally, the number five is most numerous. Okay. There is a reason for that, but that's like a it's a social construct. I can't remember why that is. There's a number file video about it, so everybody oh. should go subscribe to number file on YouTube. I do know that um, you know magicians when they're doing card tricks, they rely on certain social things. You know, men will tend to pick back cards, women will tend to pick hearts. Right. Men will tend to pick the number seven yeah. for some reason because they think yeah. seven is a number people don't pick. But that that's a classic one. If you get people to choose between one and ten, the abundance of people will choose seven because they won't go for the extremes because they're too low or too high. They won't go for the number five because it's right in the middle. Because right in the middle, they are too predictable. So I'll go for the seven without realizing that that's the reasoning that almost all humans do, and you <laughs> end up with like loads of people just picking seven. Uh, yeah, so we could have slightly strayed off the point there, but I think that all those cultural things come together really, and I think that's why you get. This incredibly shrill news reporting, yeah. and you can imagine twenty-four hour news cycles weren't such a thing in Britain at that point, were they? No, like twenty-four news had happened when we had Sky News, BBC News had already started. Yeah. It was wasn't it BBC News twenty-four at the time? At the time, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. But it, it it wasn't as all dominant. As mm-hmm. it is now, mm-hmm. it's it, no, we still hadn't really. That wasn't fully. In, in in the swing of it whereas the US had lived with that culture for years and years and so you can imagine when you've got time to fill and some new aspects of the millennium bug comes up you know some yeah. company says oh we're Y2K compliant or some think tank says the widget industry has failed to be Y2K compliant in 1998 yeah. let's spend That's... the next time to see the news cycle talking about the widget industry yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can just see how that must have built up. And built how will up the wil- widgets up. fall out of the sky? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> widgets blowing up left, right, and centre. 
<laughs> Old news. The last bit I have here is a bit about some of the the second last bit, so the penultimate bit, bit is about some of the effects that happened. It was all a bit of a damp squib where the day came, and it's a bit arguable as to why. Well, some might finish on that note, but HSBC, some of their cash machines didn't work. Yeah, it was like railway ticket machines. There was a handful yeah. of reported things. I've got uh, a little bit of a list. Yeah. Like lottery ticket machines in America or something? And it was um, some slot machines. 150 slot machines stopped working ah. in like Idaho or somewhere. The National Observatory, sorry, the Naval Observatory in America, it's kind of like the Greenwich Observatory. They're the official timekeepers of the in USA. The US. uh, their website ended up saying it was 19100. Because display of dates on websites was a key fault wasn't it yeah yeah Yeah. telecom italia sent bills out for the first two months of 1900 (laughs) some credit card transactions in britain failed right doesn't say which bank or anything like that serious one yeah the sheffield case right yeah yeah the uh, hospital in sheffield sent 158 women incorrect test results stating that their chances of their babies having down syndrome were lower than really they were but when the hospital realized this has happened well they'd said the wrong ones hadn't they yeah Yeah. they sent letters saying oh we've done it wrong Uh which caused another panic it led to two people choosing to have abortions who possibly didn't need to who didn't need it who didn't need it who chose to have an abortion because they thought their unborn child was down syndrome yeah need or to avoid that word because yeah and there was four births of people of babies with Down syndrome when they had been reassured they were at no risk. Yeah. Or at low risk. Yeah. Apparently it all happened because the computer system, when because obviously the age of the lady involved is important, the computer system had calculated their age as a negative number. Right. And that's what caused the, ah, uh, the calculations right. of the uh, possibility to go wrong. So it did have some real-world effects. Uh, that's the only one that seems to be reported. It's the only really I, I serious find, one that yeah. I could find. Yeah. You wonder if there was other incidents around. There was another one in Japan. Two aspects of the Japan nuclear industry. Hmm. One of their power stations, within two minutes of the millennium uh, the radiation detection system went down and a spokesman said the public was in no danger how do you know your detection system isn't working (laughs) and there was another one where a radiation alarm went off yeah. At another station, and again, that was the Millennium Fault. Mm. Right. Shades of what was to happen at Fukushima? Of all the industries that should have been, been prepared. 100% solid. Yeah. Absolutely 100% solid. And a country that's so advanced. Yeah. The nuclear industry should have been it, shouldn't it? Yeah. And yeah, the fact that they had something like that go wrong. And I mean, okay, it's not absolutely mission critical, but even so. You know, it's quite alarming, isn't yeah. it? You know, the general public don't understand what that means. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought that that was sort of in uh, a, a curious sort of case of uh, complacency from the Japanese. Uh, Old news. There's a few more cases that have happened since of like date problems. 
So there was the 2010 problem, which I'm not sure I really understood that, but it was the 1st of January 2010, and there was something to do with encoding binary and encoding in hexadecimal. Yeah, I didn't understand. I read it, didn't really understand it. And it seemed to me like these encodings look similar and therefore could be read erroneously. Yeah, I don't understand how a computer can read a binary thing erroneously but. yeah it's quite strange isn't it but apparently the, that had a real impact for text messaging uh, um, it dated the text okay. messages as if it was two thousand two thousand something remember like that, that right? yeah so um, new text messages would look like they were old text messages yeah and people who'd had their phones set to delete old text messages it was yeah. deleting the new ones yeah. because they were at the back of the queue, as it were. Mm. And the next thing in the future is 2038, which is going to be the next big computing crisis. Because <laughs> uh, we mentioned Unix-based systems earlier on, and Unix is just another operating system that's been knocking around for a long time. But the timekeeping in that works by, from midnight to the 1st of January 1970, it's just been counting the seconds, and that's how it measures time in, yeah. internally in its side of its clock. And when you've got systems that only have a 32-bit string uh, or whatever the word is, that will eventually fill yeah. and it won't be able to store any more seconds than that. It's it, And they know precisely it's 0314 in the morning, 7 seconds UTC or GMT on the 19th of January 2038 is when all these computer systems will just roll over and apparently the effect will be it'll go back to reading a date isn't it as if it's the 1st of January 1970 again it's not it goes back to some date in 2000 Oh, right. Which is weird. I don't understand why that is the case. Apparently, you'll just get this sort of sudden going back of 30 years. But given that somebody was operating a banking computer system that dated pre-1971 in the late 90s, the fact that people would be operating 32-bit systems in 2038 isn't out of the question, is it? No. But apparently, if you upgrade this from 32 to 64, the capacity to store the date becomes so large, you exceed the heat death of the universe. <laughs> so, we'll all be safe. Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Did you read about the Deep Impact probe that they lost for a similar reason? Now, no, what, what was Deep, deep Impact? Was I didn't look at it. I remember. Was that the one where they were crashing into a, an asteroid or something? Something like that. Yeah, I remember the name, but I can't remember what it was. Right. But it was lost. The probe was lost, and it was for similar reasons. It worked out the time and date by counting hundredths of a second, and it was running... Ooh, was it... 16 bit or something like that and it ran out of space right. and so exactly that happened on a, on a much quicker right <laughs> it just filled up it filled it up before the uh, yeah. and what it, it put the probe into a constant uh, reboot loop oh right so it just, oh, now I remember that it yeah. kept rebooting itself right. so they could never communicate with it Right. And it got to the point where it would have been the the solar panels would have been the wrong angle. Right. They didn't know where the antenna would be, so they just completely lost all touch with it. Wow, so a simple yeah. it's difficult to say is that hardware or software, but like a minor computing problem. Yeah. And and the loss of a multi billion dollar science project. In the same way of numbers overflowing was the Ariane five launch. Do you remember that? The the first one. The very the first one that they had to hit the button to destroy it. Because that 
that in the rush to launch the first exper- uh, sort of prototype, they reused the code from the Ariane 4, and uh, there was something in the guidance that only had like an I think it was an 8-bit string. Uh, whatever it was, that was like the rest of the system was 616, and it just overflowed this number. And the, the net effect was the computer suddenly went, I'm going the wrong direction, and tried to turn the rocket through 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, in an instant. And the moment it started to do that, the man with the big red button went, nope, pop, <laughs> and exploded the thing with like created this enormous firework is very embarrassing for uh, Ariane space. Old news. The global estimate for spending on the Y2K problem was 300 to 500 billion international standard peso. (laughs) (laughs) Or US dollar dollar. as it's known. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money, public money, private money. Where do you stand on the debate if it was worthwhile? I personally think it was you said something while we were researching it that has actually just made me just today reevaluate that mm. in that south korea and italy spend almost nothing on it and had no more real problems than anyone else until you said that i was totally going along Quite with the pro, idea of, yeah yeah we needed it if we hadn't done it stuff would have happened it wouldn't have been the end of the world i've never yeah. thought you know aeroplanes would have fallen out the sky or anything like that but to avoid chaos in like the industry i was in at the time i could well have seen northern electric sending bills out to people for a hundred years worth of electricity yeah it's interesting because i was always on like the pro side of this argument what gave me pause was i was talking about this just recently with uh, a colleague and he was involved with a millennium bug project uh the company he worked for and so he's involved on the electrical side of things rather than mechanical Side. He was working under another fella, and the other fellow was in charge of this project. And so they were going around looking at various bits of machinery plant and like seeing if there was Y2K compliant. And so they were opening the panels on bits of gear. And apparently, this boss guy was going around and go, Oh, yes, yes, this might be uh, this might be a problem because you see, it's got a timer in there, you know, it's got a timer, and the timer might go wrong. And the guy who I work with now had gone, What are you on about? It's just it's an electromechanical timer. Like, it's not a computer. It's, it's, it's a not clock, a. It's a clockwork thing with a little <laughs> ele- electric motor that goes tick 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 tick, and you set it with the dial on the front. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a certain amount of a certain amount of things which weren't compliant, but it was so small. I think there was a couple of things where you have like they called PLCs, which are programmable logic controllers, which are very common bits of gear. Often they may not have been Y2K compliant, but the dates and time inside of them doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. because they're actually only ever being used for switching signals in and switching signals out. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, controlling a temperature process. So it only needs to really record the seconds going past. It doesn't really matter if it thinks it's 1850. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just like one company in one industry that employed two people to go around the place, one of whom was like enormously misguided. Obviously, didn't really understand it. Obviously, didn't understand it. And a lot of time and money was wasted just on that. Anything. I wonder how many Y2K companies clients projects inside a lot of smaller companies in in industries were like that old news i read an interesting thing towards the end of one of the articles about the ongoing effect because what's happened now is people see 
the Millennium Bug as something that didn't happen, like a, a damp squib. Mm. Or we spent all this money, there was all this panic, nothing came of it. So now when we hear panic panic about global warming or climate change climate, yeah. Yeah, or panic panic about whatever the latest thing is or it's just another thing like the millennium bug it's not going to yeah. happen I don't need to worry about it there's the thought that perhaps the long term effect of how well we dealt with it perhaps is to make everybody complacent even more complacent than we were about that it is a great shame that the people who are pro burning fossil fuels are going around waving this in the air with a bit like a big stick and sort of going well we don't need to do anything because look at this look what they said now hear that because it politicizes what is like a technology issue news podcast as always would like to extend its thanks to bensound.com for them supplying royalty free music and also to mr peter kitson for the use of his voice It all turned out okay. Turned out okay. Yeah, David yeah. eventually got a drink. <laughs> oh, I did. I do think I made up for it after quarter past. Yeah, <laughs> I can remember. I remember an incident well into the must have been about eight o'clock in the morning, where we were still drinking. And good lord, where the hell were you? I was in. I was in Scotland. <laughs> really you were in Scotland with for 2000 yeah with friends okay and it got it got to 8 o'clock and somebody said it's breakfast time <laughs> and then somebody suggested well we've got some of these frosties here and I said oh we could put Bailey's on those the, the, those frosties let's try that <laughs> Bailey's cream liqueur uh, was that must su- have been so sweet it was quite sweet <laughs> yeah we were uh, we were slightly drunk at the time <laughs> I'd be happy with it. <laughs> Bet you would, Hurley. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, there was a few problems with so. So, and I've just started with so again. Do you want to start that again? again. We've, yeah. we've got things recorded. Has it been a grease stain or is it? Has it been a grease stain? Oh, there. Yeah. Probably been something, yeah. Did you need to interrupt the script?